Welcome to the Creative Brew, helping you keep your creative juices brewing. We're giving out chunks of insight, motivation, and practicality for your creative journey. And welcome to a new episode of the Creative Brew. We are here at Panels, Comics, and Coffee Bar here in Oceanside, California. If you're in the area, please check them out. They have some great coffee and some of the hottest comics and graphic novels to date. They also have a, an assortment of indie creators, too. They've got indie comics, uh, even like my guest here. She's got, she's got a couple couple out, and uh, also on our website, too. But panels, and as well as others, are usually big advocates of supporting our indie creators. So make sure you do that. Uh, I know you love Marvel and DC, but we have a lot of great creators here in the, in the San Diego area. And some, some that you may, not even, uh, you may not even know of. So please support your local uh, creators and uh, grab a book from them. Today we have Napoleon. How you doing? Napoleon Doom? Napoleon Doom. All right. Yeah. That, that's an awesome name. Thank <laughs> um, <laughs> you. Librarian. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you didn't get that, it, you know, if you're a comic book geek, you get that. If you're not, then you'll, <laughs> you'll get it later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, let, let me, uh, I guess, introduce the, the audience about a little bit about yourself and, and, and what you do. All right. Hi, I am Napoleon Doom. I am the uh, author and illustrator and, you know, I do the whole thing for uh, Lost Bread. This is the Lost Bread series. Um, and Sydney behind the counter has it all wrapped up nice for me right here because this is actually her copy that I gave her today. Uh, this is a, kind of an awesome series, very surreal, very kind of creepy and spooky. It's about my lucid dreams. And uh, right here you see uh, Meg Ryan, who appears to me as my spirit guide, 90s Meg Ryan. I was really into Top Gun as a kid. It was, it's a, such a good movie. Though, yes, it, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so uh, she appears to me as my spirit guide and she takes me on these journeys. This is me a couple of hair colors ago. and. Um, also as a, a male, because when I dream, I, I always kind of take on a male form, which is, I'm sure someone out there has some kind of psychological interpretation of that. <laughs> so this is the second volume, Lost Bread Found. And uh, this, this one's cool. It gets a little creepier. There, there's a special guest cameo at the end from Jeff Goldblum. So that, that's exciting. I dream about celebrities a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and they're never current celebrities. Yeah. They're always like celebrities from my childhood. Yeah. So. But I was I was kind of like a, a misfit kid, so I watched a lot of TV, a lot of movies, and movies were kind of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so that sort of fueled what came next for Lost Bread, which is um, my two independent podcasts, uh, which are Creeping Wave Radio, and Creeping Wave Radio follows the misadventures of Napoleon Doom while awake who is a podcaster for a paranormal podcast called The You Mind. And uh, all this interviewing and meddling with uh, the creatures that lurk in the shadows sort of comes back to bite him on the behind. And uh, that's, uh, we tell the story of what happens. So currently he, uh, he is working as the apprentice for Old Scratch and uh, living in hell and has a kind of a on again, off again relationship with the devil's daughter. So that's kind of fun. Uh, then we have the You Mind, which is my interview show. Now, some of the interviews on that are scripted, some of the interviews on that are improv, and some of the interviews on that are like genuine interviews, like I yeah. did with you. Yeah. Um, and you're never going to know which is which. So that that's kind of the fun of it. Is that it keeps you guessing. It is a real interview show, but it's also uh, an audio drama. It's also like a, a skit that we put on. And um, I do a lot of local stuff around here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing, uh, I, I did an anthology for Horrorgasm. I actually work on the piece Comeuppance, uh, which is by Brian and Chase Killian, a father-daughter team. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I did the illustration for that, and he did the story, they both did the story, and it's amazing. Uh, I worked on another anthology recently, actually, uh, Rediscovery, and um, this is an assembly of stories that are um, out of, uh, publication right now they're out of press yeah and uh they are science fiction from women of the uh, 1958 to 1963 originally i was invited in as an author mm -hmm. on this and uh then as a when once i was settled in as an author then they asked if i would do the cover for them and of course i was like sure i can just tack that on to my duties <laughs> then one week before uh we were going to the uh, put put to press um, I was dropped as the author and you'd think 
oh, that's weird. Like one week before you go, they were talking to somebody else the whole time, and they really just kind of brought me on to do the cover. So if this cover looks a little crooked to you or anything like that, that's because um, they they dropped me a little too early, and uh, they didn't get me to do the final touches for them. <laughs> and uh, but but I I got paid. It's just I got uh, kind of jerked out of a of a publication credit. Yeah, so that that wasn't great. Yeah, that's <laughs> and for anyone that's yeah. that's in the uh, that may be wanting to start in the in the publishing industry or the the comics or anything like that. Uh, that's that's one of the pitfalls. Sometimes uh, that that happens, yeah. and uh, you know, it, and it sucks. You know, it's one of those where you know you could do a, a great cover and you don't even get credit for it, or you know. Uh, I did get credit for it. Yeah, just like a little, <laughs> a little, yeah, <laughs> it was a little, it's yeah. a little byline. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that can be frustrating. That can be frustrating. <laughs> so. Um, so anyone, uh, and that's a and that's a warning too. That's a fair mm -hmm. warning for anyone that's in that's looking to get into the creative industry. You know, try to uh, you know make sure make yourself assertive. You know, make sure you want your you know if you want your credits in the in the book or in certain uh, artwork or things like that. You know, be adamant about it. You know, sometimes people uh, and it's it sucks. Sometimes people can um, you know just brush you aside and and you know have other um, you know things that they're trying to do and and push certain craters to the, you know, to the side to, you know, make way for another one. I mean, even like in your case, yeah. uh, and that, that can be very, very frustrating. So, but yeah, that's some of the pitfalls of publishing. And uh, so, but as long as you got paid, I mean, I guess yeah, that's, I mean, that's cool. It's, um, at least I got paid for my time, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> yep. So, um, about the, even with Creeping Wave and the U-Mine, what, how, how was that, I mean, because I see you're, you're doing both of those, and yeah. I'm, I'm real big into, you know, I guess evolving as a, as a creator. What was, when did, when did you feel like you started to evolve that you mind and, and uh, the Creeping Wave Radio, was that just a natural extension of all your artwork, or how did that even start? Uh, well, that, that, now, originally I started publishing Lost Bread as a webcomic for um, a paranormal podcast called Gramerica, mm -hmm. and they're in Canada, and they're both great guys, uh, Darren and Graham, and uh, from that, I got kind of drawn into a uh, podcast collective called The Unaffiliated, and they were going to do a little like Alex Jones, a little like Joe Rogan, yeah. the media stories people won't cover, and I, that's really not my vibe. I'm not a conspiracy theorist and <laughs> yeah. And, and so I was like, how can I broach this and still talk about this kind of stuff and yet not like claim like, this is what I believe. This is yeah. my genuine. <laughs> so yeah. um, I developed two shows for them. Uh, one was The Defeated, which was going to cover all of history's uh, like defeated armies, um, uh, history's great villains and stuff and talk about their motives and why they because no one ever thinks that they're the bad guy yeah so talking about why they wanted to do what they wanted to do and how they thought they were right their justification mm -hmm. the other was creeping wave which was loosely based on um a novel i wrote called sewage in the bloodline which is a terrible title <laughs> Um, when I was unemployed in 2010 and I, I kept submitting it kept submitting it mm -hmm. and uh, the report that I got back from people was like this would be great as a young adult book yeah and I was like no it's serious <laughs> literature and uh, but then I finally like looked at it and it was set in a Victorian setting it was very heavy-handed there was a lot of like oh the agony no one knows because I was unemployed. Yeah, so it was very authentic. Yeah, um, but yeah, and uh, so then I was like, yeah, let's put this in a modern setting. Let's have the characters be more fun, less like dismal. And uh, so I, I revamped it, and it, it started as Lost Bread because a huge part of that was the lucid dreaming, and then another part of that was uh, the conscious elements, and those were also based on my dreams. I had a dream. I had a sugar hallucination and a dream that sort of fueled different storylines in the book. But um, yeah, I, I fell asleep in uh, my father-in-law's chair in Michigan and while I was listening to The Black Rider, the Tom Waits album, mm -hmm. and that really fueled the um, first two seasons that uh, talking about like um, the 60 silver bullets and that's actually, it, it, it was a rock opera, well, not necessarily rock, but it was an opera um, that was based off of Der Freischutz, yeah. which is a German opera. And so 
then I reformatted it, not knowing that until I researched it afterwards, that that's what it was, and kind of made it my own, and made it my own thing based off of what I had dreamed during the song. Mm -hmm. And then I had a, I used to work at, uh, like, kind of a home and garden show, and I had a, uh, I didn't know I had metabolic syndrome at the time, which is, it's like diabetes, except if I eat sugar, my blood sugar goes up three times what it should, yeah. and then it drops, oh, and wow. I fall asleep. <laughs> so I was out surveying one of our sites that we were going to film at, and I just crashed, because I had been eating nothing but cheesecake pudding cups, mm -hmm. um, and because I could stuff them in my glove, cake compa glove compartment, and they're delicious. <laughs> And I'd been eating nothing but that, not really knowing that this would happen, and I kind of crashed in the middle of the woods. Well, it was hunting season, and so I'm hearing these rifles crack, and I'm like, oh, great, I can't get up. I, I can't do anything if they come over here. And I, this presence, a female, it was kind of dusk, so I was just looking up at a silhouette, mm -hmm. but it was a woman came over and sort of cradled me in their lap and didn't really talk, just kind of made, like, cooing sounds like, oh, oh. And... I realized when I was laying on their legs that they were uh, naked and just extremely hairy and uh, like a bristly hair, like if you pet a goat or something like that. And I was like, well, this, this is strange, but I'm, I'm down. And uh, that became Sugar the Sasquatch. And, and then a lot of other elements were inspired by my, the people I was working with, uh, the unaffiliated, Cyrus, um, Adam, Justin, all those people that I was mm -hmm. working with. Uh, contributed like thoughts like would inspire me and eventually came to a point with unaffiliated where we kind of realized we didn't gel like yeah. I just I just wasn't on the same vibe as they were and yeah. it was nothing dramatic or vicious or awful it was just like this isn't working I'm kind of done and I'm gonna go do my own thing but that left me without a podcast to be part of yeah and so I was like, I'm just going to make a fake podcast, and we're just going to do fake interviews, and that's what it was. It was me and my friend Travis kind of started up the You Mind, and I'd be like, okay, Travis, so you're this guy who's been having sex with Sasquatches for 16 years, and tell us your story. And he, I would write him a script, and he'd come in, and he'd, and that's one of our best episodes. Well. Wow. Um, <laughs> I thought I wanted to be a primatologist for a while, so I got to talk about a lot of... Um, and sort of a Jane Goodall, Diane Fossey kind of good stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so then it kind of evolved. Other people wanted to get involved. Mm -hmm. I found other people who I was interested in, and I brought them in and said, come on and interview with us. And they're yeah. like, isn't it, like, fake? And I was like, no, who cares? Just get in here. Because <laughs> if it was a real interview show, you would get all kinds. Yeah. You know? So that's what we do. So it's, it's a little fake and a little real. Wow, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's different. I mean, it's, yes, yeah, one of those, I mean, if you, especially now with, with technology, I mean, if you, 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 you literally have the option to create anything you want. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think with a lot of creators, we feel like we have to get permission from our audience or permission from anyone to be like, okay, I want to make a fake podcast, you know, and, and have, you know, fake interviews or, or real interviews you don't know. Mm -hmm. But with, with technology and with, your creativity I mean you can literally create anything you want to you don't have to have permission from from anyone yeah and uh, that that's something that I would I would want to tell uh, tell our audience is you know if you've got an idea if you've got anything that you want to create you don't need permission from from anyone at all uh, you can do whatever you want to uh, especially with technology you have access to literally anything that you want to create so don't don't ever feel like well I'm you know, I, I can't do this because such and such won't like it, or no, it don't, it don't matter. Go ahead, just create it, put it out there, and, you know, see how it evolves. And obviously, you know, with your uh, creeping away even in the U-Mind, it's, it's, it's evolved to what it is yeah. now. So have the, uh, your, your audience, now what's, what's the, the, the main demographic of your audience? Target demographic? Uh, tends to be horror, sci-fi, uh, people who are into, like, cult movie kind of stuff. Yeah. Because we... Um, we do interview paranormal characters, but it's largely in kind of the uh, mm, the, the cultish range, like uh, the old B movie kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I love those. Yeah, um, it, and we we do like we have interviews with people who have had sex with Sasquatch. We have interviews with talking cats. We have interviews with the San Diego werewolf, who is an amazing guy. Um, and that was one of our, that's actually a video also. We have a YouTube channel, so some of them have video or short animations I do at the beginning. Yeah. More like animatics, but yeah. Cool. So. 
So uh, about, I know you, you mentioned briefly about uh, horrorgasm. Now, what, what is that? Horrorgasm is a celebration of the beauty of horror. If you've been a horror fan your whole life and you've just loved it, like it just appeals to you, the crazy visceralness of it, um, then Horrorgasm is the place for you to be. It's going to be October 26th at Queen Bee's Arts and Cultural Center in North Park, California. Uh, tickets are online at horrorgasmsd.com. Mm -hmm. And you can check out their social media. Just Google Horrorgasm uh, 2019 and you should have it come up. There's going to be an escape room. There's going to be tons of artists vending. There's going to be tons of artists playing. And I'm going to be doing a live reading with Old Scratch, who, who's actually my husband. Um, at uh, the, right there on the stage at 6.15. So if you want to see that, uh, for most people when they um, would come to their husband and say like, you're the devil, yeah. like you, you're <laughs> the devil. They would think it's an insult, but he, he took it well. I was like, that's, that's the role I see you in. And originally, I don't, I don't know how many of you have listened to the Black Rider, but the song in it, 60 Silver Bullets, was, was basing the character of the devil on. Mm -hmm. And Tom Waits has a very unique voice. Yeah. And I was trying to get my husband to do that, like, like <laughs> kind of deep voice. And he could do it for about five minutes, and then he'd start choking. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, this is not going to work. So he took the character, and he made it his own. And so from my original vision, he kind of took the lines and started delivering them in a, his own way that he was more comfortable with and mm -hmm. so he really created a very unique character that was nothing like what I had seen in my head Yeah. but uh, he, he was the right man for the job so if you want to see his creative genius you, you gotta <laughs> you gotta go to Horrorgasm awesome awesome yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I want to check that out I'm, I'm a like I said I'm a horror fan uh, my, my wife sometimes she can't stand me because I, I want to go to a scary movie but I get I, I'm just I'm a scary cat. You know, it's one of those where I'll, I'll go into a movie and I, I close my eyes. Mm -hmm. And I, I've, I've probably been doing that since I was a kid. And, you know, even going to a haunted house, like, my, it's like, anytime I go to a haunted house and I say, if I go with someone, like, you, you're you probably not going to catch me because I'm probably screaming and running. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, yes, yeah, one I've always been a fan of uh, the, the B movies and yeah. the cult classics and things like that. I don't know why it's always intrigued me. Um, dude, what, how, how, no, even with you know the old movies like that. Well, even I, you know what I'm, I'll compare it to. Even what do you think about even like the old cult classics compared mm -hmm. to horror mo movies you see now? How do you how do you compare those? What what I think is the biggest difference, and you'll see it like with first season of Twilight Zone and things like that. Yeah. Um, the people back then had a real conviction oh, to yeah. acting and performing a character mm -hmm. uh, to a level that we maybe would see as kind of cheesy nowadays. Um, and I think now a lot of times you'll get somebody put in a horror movie and they're really playing themselves. Yeah. And uh, the, they're relying so much on uh, special effects or gore mm -hmm. or jump scares and things like that rather than just like the suspense and the building of character and the drama mm -hmm. that for me is, is more interesting. Before I Sleep I thought was excellent. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there, there's some that just build that suspense. Uh, the Ring, I think, did it well. And you, you have oh, a couple yeah. shock and awe kind of scenes yeah. with the, the girl in the closet and things like that. But you don't, it doesn't rely on that. It's not like something like Hostel, yeah. which it, it's good unless you've been working on makeup and special effects and stuff like that yeah. for a good period of your life. And then you're like, yeah, it's, it's a quality job, but yeah. I'm not really scared of it so but it's 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 entertaining yeah. I suppose but it's it's not my cup of tea and there's nothing wrong with liking that's just not for me I like something a little more intense yeah so. yeah um, yeah I know I've always uh, I hadn't seen the Babadook kick I want to check that out um, I enjoyed it yeah. there was a you know even the ring the ring I think I had nightmares after watching that first one the second one I think they try to push it too much you know mm -hmm. but uh, the first one I'm like oh my lord like, I didn't I didn't want to sleep by myself at all <laughs> um, after seeing that or watch any TV after <laughs> after that now, to this but, day, uh, my dad like if the TV is on static yeah no, dude. no that's to have, turn it off <laughs> does not does not deal with that yeah so uh, I, I sort of noticed that even with your uh, your podcast, mm -hmm. with uh, you mind you and you hand draw all those covers. Yeah. Uh, I I'm 
interesting. Why why do that? Because I mean, honestly, I see a lot of covers that you know, yeah, they they got their photo and things like that, sort of laid out nice. But it sort of struck me even when I had first noticed you on um, on Instagram, and I was like, wow, I was like, who's doing the artwork for that? And I think it's just one of those that that sort of strikes me. What uh what what made you uh, do that? And then, then how long does it take to sort of create each cover? Uh, it it takes sometimes two days, mm-hmm. um, se- several hours at least. Um, but uh, I, I think I did it because I had a real clear vision in my head yeah. of what I want things to look at like. And one of the fun things of doing this as a podcast versus a standard comic book is that I can describe something and it can become whatever you want. Yeah. So you see my vision of what a character looks like or you know how the character's dressed and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you might yourself have a different vision. And uh, so it, it's just kind of like fuel fuel for thought yeah and um for me that was important to sort of i I would like at some point to take my scripts and maybe convert them into a comic yeah so that we have both of those available for people who just don't get with the podcast they could look at the artwork and they could enjoy that yeah then the people who just really would rather listen to a podcast while they're jogging or something they can enjoy that too yeah well i know definitely with with podcasting and specifically with um different genre uh, podcast a lot of there's a lot of people that's um, that's starting to uh, latch on mm-hmm. to that uh, and like I said even audio I mean you can listen to that anywhere in your car uh, while you're working out anything and mm-hmm. me I'm a podcast junkie I'll yeah. sit there and listen to three or four podcasts within a given day while I'm doing you know while I'm doing my work or you know working out or do or doing whatever so um, yeah I, I'm, I'm sort of interested in in even with the, the genre like that like horror or I know it's it's some Somebody that's doing like a crime, um, sort of like a murder mystery type uh, podcast right now that's doing doing well. I can't uh, can't remember the name, but even even with that, do you so you see that sort of possibly turning into a into a comic book? Um, yeah, um, I I mean ultimately when I originally had the dream that uh, sort of was the catalyst, I guess um, I really wanted it to be an animated short. Like it, okay. and uh, that that was my vision of it. But then I reformatted it for uh, the unaffiliated because I, I wanted to have something to put out there that kind of touched on that conspiracy stuff. Yeah. Um, and I I really would like to still uh, maybe after this season start shopping around for animators or like uh, se- sending out <laughs> Netflix or Cartoon Network saying yeah. like hey. Oh yeah. You think this could be an animated series? I, you know what? I could definitely so. see um, like creeping wave radio or you, or uh, anything like that. I, I, you know, the way that your art style is, I could definitely see that on, on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Uh, that that'd be great. I think that'd uh, be fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, what what things right now? Um, oh, also too, I want to give a quick shout out to to panels. Uh, please bear with me. I am fighting a uh, sinus infection. And uh, so my, I'm a little nasally today, and I want to thank uh, panels for this beautiful vanilla lavender CBD coffee that they mm-hmm. they have. They have that and an assortment of other uh, CBD-infused drinks. So if you're in the area, they've got CBD coffee now, and it's definitely helping me with my throat um, and uh, just soothing everything that's <laughs> in my nose right now. So please bear with me. No, um, it's all good. But, Those uh, always make me fall asleep, though. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, just giving a a quick shout-out to panels. Check them out at Panels Coffee uh, on Instagram, on Facebook. And, uh, you know, check them out at uh, panelscoffee.com on, you know, if you're uh, checking out their website. So if you're in the area, please swing on by. So, uh, yeah, we're coming back. We're with Napoleon, and she's got the Creeping Wave Radio. She's got the U-Mind. She's got the Lost Bread comic. Mm -hmm. So a lot of little things she's got going on. Um, To take... To paraphrase, uh, I know a, a entrepreneur that I, I I follow all the time, Gary Gary Vanderchuk. Uh, he, he sort of sees creators, or he, he pushes people to want to be their own publishing company. Yeah. Um, what do you feel? Do you feel like, uh, as far as all the things that you're doing now, do you feel like that's the uh, the next goal to sort of produce all these things and then? you know, hopefully market, market it out to bigger um, yeah. companies, things like that? That's what I'd like to do, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I, I, I really would like to send it off to a, a bigger publisher because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I got hustle on Instagram and social media and yeah. all that kind of stuff. 
but I, it's nothing on the level of what somebody who, who has all those eyes already cast in their direction yep. could do. And so, yeah, that is definitely in the future what I would like to do. That's like, hey, I've got a finished product. I'm super happy to make mm -hmm. any changes that you'd want to do, but yeah. I want to work with you guys and see if we could yeah. do something. The one thing that would probably irk me, though, is they, they probably won't let me do do the whole thing all by myself like I like oh, to do. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, it, it, yeah, especially with... Uh, I'm a control know. freak. Oh, yeah. It's one of those, yeah, you'll definitely let go of some of that control. Well, I don't know, because even with uh, even with that, I know I, I saw a uh, biography on the uh, documentary on uh, the uh, author of uh, Harry Potter, mm -hmm. uh, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. She, she's a control freak, and she's one of those where she didn't, you know, there obviously there were certain things they needed to put into the movies and things like that, but yeah, she... She wanted control, and you know she kept it. You know, so don't ever feel like, you know, you you come in there and be like, hey, this is this is what I want. Um, I can give some creative leadway on some things, but you know, I want control of it. And yeah. So you'd be surprised. You might they might say like, hey, yeah, we'll do. It. Especially if it's a great concept, and uh, you know, it's something they feel like they could definitely market towards a specific uh, audience and market. Hey, I would be like, hey, look, I want creative control of it. You know, and obviously give some some leadway with certain things, but yeah, I would definitely push that, so. Yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest thing, with, even with you and compared to uh, other creators and even even me, is that you already have finished product. Like, yeah. you already have the um, the Creeping Waves radio, you already have the You Mind podcast, you've got Lost Bread. So you already have, you know, different um, concepts and product that you can already market out to, to others. I know um, I'm, I'm working on a... Uh, graphic novel right now and you know right now in the writing phase is still writing uh and then i'll come back and do some um uh layout you know laying out the pages and doing you know still finishing up some concept character designs and things yeah. like that but it's one of those where I, I think it seems like you're pretty adamant about you know getting it out there you already had a definite vision for it, getting it out there mm -hmm. and then getting it getting it to market i think sometimes that could be the uh the bane of me and other creators is feeling like you know it's not ready yet yeah. it's not ready yet so as far as with you, do you feel like you would rather just put it out and then revise it later, or do you feel like, because I know you just told me you're a control freak, do you yeah. feel like it has to be perfect, or has to be to a certain point and then release it? Letting go is hard, uh, because I am such a control freak. I, there's always something I see that can be fixed. Even when I look through it now, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I was in, um, I was taking a course at Palomar um, with Rocco Versace, and uh, hey, Rocco, how's it going? And uh, one of the guests was Jaime Hernandez uh, mm -hmm. from Love and Rockets. Oh wow! And he talked about like you gotta hit a point where you just let it go. He's yeah. like, I look at my old stuff and like uh, you know, Hopi's eyes are like, eh? and I'm just like, no, 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 no. But it's out there. It's done. And yeah. you got and you as the artist are seeing something different than what other people are gonna see. Yeah. So I always see things that I'm like, oh, I should have fixed that. I don't like that. And then you just hit a point where you're like, you know what? You're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. Just yeah. push it out there and see. And if it's really that glaring and obvious, you are going to hear about it. Yeah. People are not <laughs> kind in this industry. Oh, no. No, no, they're not. So you, you will hear about it. And uh, even looking through the comics that are on the shelves, you sometimes find little quirks and things, like where yeah. they, they put the layer in the wrong place and the shading's in front of somebody's hand or something. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> They're human, and yeah. it, that kind of adds to the ambiance of it. It's like, oh, it's I, I see the workmanship that was put into this. Yeah. I see like that someone really was doing this and really tending to it. Yeah. So it's not manufactured. Well, I guess it is manufactured, but it's not like a machine whipped it out. It's oh, several yeah. different people putting art together. And, so. and, and you know that that sort of goes into an interesting point because I know there's certain programs that's definitely using. Um, AI mm -hmm. with some different things, even with Adobe. I know they're developing a, a thing right now. Uh, I believe it's Adobe Sensei, where they're uh, creating AI, and it and it pretty much based off of certain keystrokes that you've yeah. used to sort of finish up artwork. So it's is one of those that could be sort of scary and cool at the mm -hmm. same time. You know, it's one of those you definitely heck. I don't know. Maybe in the next twenty or thirty years, that maybe computers are just just creating all the comic books or you know even if there is going to be comic books in 20, 20, 20 or 30 years we'll never know but um, yeah it's sort of weird how uh, technology sort of you know it's it's always been a part of um, you know our lives with, with the creative work but you never want to get it to where it sort of overrides yeah. that you know those imperfections and things like that so uh, yeah I know I'm 
people with my artwork, I'm, I'm brutal with myself. With, uh, you know, when I, I'll draw or sketch a certain thing and I look at it like, oh, it's horrible. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those where I'm, I think slowly now I'm starting to be like, okay, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not even going to, you know, stress over it. Uh, you know, if people receive it well, then that, that's great. So even with the Lost Bread Comet, mm-hmm. how, uh, how are you marketing it? Because uh, I'm, I'm sort of interested in, in how, you know, especially with my indie creators mm-hmm. specifically, how they're um, branding and marketing their, their um, you know, their different properties. Well, um, I have a website for Lost Bread, but that also sells my art prints, which are pretty extensive at this point. I, yeah. I have a lot of art prints because I do um, the episode art for Gramerica. I also do the episode art for my two podcasts. So, and any of those prints are available. And if you see a print um, on my Instagram or something like that and you're interested in it, just let me know because I make them to order. I just uh, run to the print shop down the street and have a set made for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I do that, but I also do uh, Instagram's been really big, yeah. putting things on YouTube, showing my process on Instagram too. I um, fast forward everything so that it's a minute long video mm-hmm. and I just kind of show my process. And you'll see that the, the desktop on my computer is completely messy because I'm always working on something else and I never have time to, like, do all the little nitpicky sorting oh, kind yeah. of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how mine is. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I really promote it on... I do podcasts. Um, I'm trying to get out uh, a new marketing and press kits mm-hmm. that uh, I can start sending out because I'd really... What I'd like to do uh, for next year, my goal is to monetize... You mind. Yeah. Now, Creeping Wave, we can't necessarily monetize because we do, um, one of the things that's super important to me, like I said, that, uh, it, that it was inspired by Tom Waits, inspired by music, is shining a spotlight on local bands. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times the local bands already have somebody who they're working with who has ownership of their songs or yeah. they're on CD Baby or something. Yeah. And so I get copyright. Not copyright striked, but you know, I'll get like a copyright. And that's fine with me because it just means the money's going to those people who own the rights of the song mm-hmm. and I'm not looking to collect off of it but what what I would like to do is I would like to monetize um, the you mind and or get sponsors for creeping wave or something like that so that right now all my actors all my musical guests everybody who comes on the show is doing it out of the goodness of their heart mm-hmm. and that's amazing and I, I feel so privileged that I'm at a point in my life where I can do that because yeah. I'm I am not a people person. I, I have such a hard time reaching out to people, talking to people. It makes me so, it's something I dread, but <laughs> it's something I committed myself to and I've had a lot of people respond positively and it's yeah. been amazing. And I just want to be able to give something back to them. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know what it's gonna be. I do have a Patreon. I need to update my perks. So if you're listening, let me know some perks that you'd like to see because uh, the Patreon I put out, I think is like, Oh, it's from way back in the day when I was still working uh, on the unaffiliated, and uh, I haven't updated it. I need to do that, and I need to figure out some new perks. What What do you kids like? What What's uh, hip right now? <laughs> I I don't know. So. Oh, well, I, I know people. Uh, I know right now, especially in the sort of the creative industry, uh, everybody loves buttons. Buttons. Yeah. You like the buttons. Yeah. Huh? Patches, buttons. Mm. Um, everybody's you know. Doing, trying to do those right now. I could now. do that. I could do that. Uh, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing your your artwork as some, some buttons or some of the characters as patches cool. or something That'd like that. That'd be cool. I do have a, a t-shirt that I wear. That I'm always wearing a yellow t-shirt <laughs> in my. I, I almost never wear it in in person, but uh, always wearing a yellow t-shirt in my comics and my podcast. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking of maybe having that be one of the designs, but I don't wear t-shirts, <laughs> so I I don't know like. <laughs> Like, is this a good T-shirt? Is this not a good T-shirt? Yeah. I, and so it's. I, I was thinking maybe. I don't know. I wear neckties and stuff like that, but <laughs> kind of, like I don't know if somebody's gonna buy like a creeping wave necktie or something. Hey, you never know. Yeah. You never know. So, but uh, yeah, think, thinking about things, what you guys would like to see, what would be fun for you. What's are inspiring you right now? What things are inspiring me right now? Um, I think. Oh my goodness. Um. One of the big things that's inspiring me right now, and I, this is going to sound sad, but it's not. Um, my mom was diagnosed with uh, stage four breast cancer, mm-hmm. and uh, it turned out to be stage three because they read her charts wrong. Oh. So, which was horrifying, but yeah. Um, but I thought she was going to die, and so I had me looking through everything in the past and like kind of looking through everything that I've done, and there were so many things that I said like. 
you know, I wish at that moment I had appreciated what was there, who, these people, and I, I had, like, understood how valuable that was. Yeah. And I think a lot of it now has been just me looking through my past and saying, like, hey, you know what, that was an amazing moment, that was an amazing thing, yeah. and uh, let's honor that by kind of bringing it in. Some of the things aren't amazing things, some of the things are terrible, but it's like, you know what, you know, the best way to get power over something bad in your past mm -hmm is to take control of it creatively. Yeah. And you make it into your own and you reshape it into something that you can manipulate and yeah. you can use. And uh, a lot of that has been what's inspired uh, this coming season. So, which is a, a little bit darker than the seasons before. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, hopefully, hopefully it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be good. <laughs> and uh, it's not gonna be too, too dark to where it sends people away. So, born into creative tips, mm -hmm. what, what creative tip or tips could you provide our audience? Um, I think the biggest one, um, make yourself work every day. Mm -hmm. You are, a, a lot of people I know, um, like writers, artists, things like that, they say like, well, I'll wait till I feel it. Like, I'm gonna feel this, like a moment's gonna hit and I'm gonna feel it. Mm -hmm. It's like, that happens but it's not every day yeah and so you have to write and you have to draw when you're not feeling it when you're not feeling inspired yeah and then sometimes that's what leads you into that moment where you get inspired you're just like oh god i'm drawing this hand position for the 500th <laughs> time oh and then you're like oh but wait oh oh i could do something cool with the background here oh yeah and then you sort of dive into it you you get that kind of um when I was taking a writing course, they said there's no such thing as writer's block. You just have to do more research. Uh, so the okay. more you read about your subject that you're writing, the more you're like, oh, that's what I, I can work yeah, that in. Yep. And that's kind of how it is with art, too. But art, since it's coming out of your mind, you kind of have to tap into that. You have to kind yep. of dig in there and say, like, oh, God, this is so boring. I hate drawing this. I hate drawing this. But wait. And uh, don't wait for the moment. Just say, like, no, at least an hour today. Mm -hmm. At least an hour that we're going to sit down and draw or sit down and write. And uh, there is such a huge urge. I think we talked about on the podcast before to just lay down and go back to sleep. Yeah. And I get so overwhelmed sometimes that uh, that, that sounds like a really good <laughs> just <laughs> escape to the world of my, my dreams. Um, but uh, that's, it's not going to further anything. And the time is going to pass whether you're working or whether you're not. So you can spend, you know, that time sleeping, mm -hmm. having a little nap in the afternoon, or you can spend that time drawing, and maybe it doesn't feel like the most fruitful thing that you're doing, but it's going to move you along to where you can get to that point where you can say, like, oh, okay, I know what I need to do. I know the direction I need to take this. Yeah. Yeah. So the creative life, and this is something I ask everyone that's on the, uh, that's on the podcast, what is your, what would be your unique creative life? If you had that perfect 24 hours through the day, if it was a mix of work and play, what would you, what would you be doing? Oh. <laughs> um, I don't play. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, um, I mean, this, it, this sounds weird, but my work is my play. Yeah. Um, like I, I love to sit down and draw for hours on end or sit down and write. Um, it actually is much harder for me to do the marketing aspect where I'm talking to people, where I'm going yeah. to parties, because I feel like sometimes my head is like held in a vice and someone's like, how are you? <laughs> and it's just like, I have to keep my mind in that frame where I can have a conversation, I can be engaging, and it's this constant like dance, yeah. and it gets a little exhausting after a while, and people are great. I know so many amazing people, and that's not downing them at all. It's just that that, for me, is where I really have to like push myself out there, Yeah. whereas uh, I, can, I can draw and write <laughs> all day long. Oh, yeah. So I guess it would be, um, I, I would like to have uh, my, my own living arrangement, like a house or something like mm -hmm. that, where I can go into solitude when necessary and yeah. just get the, like, just sit there and draw for, like, 10 hours yeah. and get it all out of my system. Uh, and uh, to, to, to have somewhere where I don't have to worry about cleaning up after myself, I don't have to worry about, like, well, we're going to have people coming over, so you have to clean up all this paint. 
<laughs> and I can just like have this studio, I can do my thing, I can sort of like just go about that in my creative life and have that be off on its own thing and then have, you know, where I can entertain and talk to people yeah. and receive my guests. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that um, really more, more than anything, my goal with this is to create a career where I'm fully dependent based on my output of work that I'm making for myself. Yeah. And I love making artwork for other people. I love your commissions. I love doing design for you. I love doing covers for you uh, when, when you're nice. Um, <laughs> but I, I, what I would really like is for the bulk of my income to start coming from the things that I'm producing myself, oh, my yeah. independent work. Yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, I, I think that... Everybody. Yeah, I hope that would be the goal of anybody. I'm original. Yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah, that's one of those where I that's something that I, I try to do even with uh, the different properties and brands I'm I'm working on. Uh, not to say I don't love doing design work mm -hmm. uh, for for clients, but I do enjoy you know trying to uh, bring out something that's uniquely you know mine and uh, putting it out there and, and marketing it and uh, you know doing all those little things to sort of bring it to light. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that would be the goal of anyone. I know I, I recently went to a um, uh, licensing expo up in Las Vegas during the summer, mm -hmm. and you had a lot of people that, you know, that created their, their book or their idea or character design and things like that, and yeah, I mean, that'd be the goal, you know, being able to produce your art and uh, properties and, and getting it out to a larger yeah. market and you know, really just see the dividends from it and then from there you can you know obviously you can funnel it towards other other things but yeah I, I think in the creative journey I think that's the um, I think that's the goal and uh, that's something where hopefully anyone that's listening on this podcast now hopefully you can you can listen to the insights like Napoleon and others and sort of figure out what your creative life would be you know do you want to see your artwork you no know, do you want to be sustained solely from your artwork, uh, or do you feel like maybe you need a, a little mix of both? Maybe you you need a you know maybe you can be an art teacher and then on the and the other part could be you know doing a lot of free freelance work. So like I said, it's different for everyone. Uh, for Napoleon, she's trying to turn into a media company. She's got things she's working on. She's she's trying to um, uh, produce um, new comics and new ideas and new concepts so that's like I said that's something that works for her everyone everyone's going to be different and uh, I know for me yeah I, I'd like to be able to you know push the things that I've got you know going and, and I, I think some people are just built differently I, you know just I'm sure with your your mind you you would rather be able to create anything that you want to and then you know put it out to market and you know get the dividends from, from that. But. Well, some people need that, uh, that that control that you get from having an employer, having yeah. someone give you direction. My dad is that kind of person. Yeah. When he, he was retired for a very brief period uh, <laughs> when he was in his 60s, and uh, then he, he he would find these bizarre jobs around the house. Like, he, I, I came home one day, and there's an extension cord running through the house, through the house, through the house, into the backyard, yeah. and he had planted little seedlings but he wanted to suck up the leaves that were around them, but he didn't want to rake because he didn't want to pull them up. Yeah. So he had taken the vacuum out into the yard and was sucking up the leaves around the little seedling plants that he had put in there. And I took a picture of his, don't take a picture of that. Well, now I'm telling everyone to. <laughs> so, but he, he's just this kind of person he has to have. If you don't give him a job, he will go mad, yeah. to quote Colonel Brandon. But <laughs> you, you like Jane Austen, guys? Anyway. So he, he, now he's working again, and he's working sort of as a, a private contractor, and mm -hmm. um, he's a consultant for people. Oh, wow. but, but he needs that. That, oh, yeah. that fuels him when somebody says, like, here's a job for you. He's like, yes. Yeah. But for me, it's more like, oh, okay, you got a job? I'll do that. I'll do that. But yeah. I want to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, yeah. I, I, honestly, I do find myself sort of shifting a little bit as far as uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'll do you know design work and things like that for for the clients, but I, I do find myself shifting and wanting to you know market uh, about you know clothing brand and then the podcast and then yeah. wanting to market the uh, the graphic novel. Um, and then I got some other little projects that I'm you know yeah. concepting right now. But I like to be able to sort of just push all those and you know get those to certain market. Uh, markets, uh, I, I, you know, I, I've always been a, just a, a natural creator like that. I, I've never really seen myself, not to say having a um, a 
you know, a, a job that sort of supports you financially, that's mm-hmm. that's fine. Uh, that's I would want. I want you to be practical with what you're doing. But if you really feel like, hey, I've got an ideal for a book or ideal for a comic book or things like that, you're gonna have to devote the time, set aside the time to really push that out. Uh, I, I, you know, for me, I would rather, you know, work for myself and and you know see myself growing. And you know, at the same time, I, I may, you know, I'm looking at trying to gather a a team of individuals and sort of bring that that vision to life. But I, I don't know. I'm just not built to, you know, sort of work for somebody else for years yeah. and years is yeah. not not who I am but um, yeah that's I think that's just part of the creative journey um, so how can people reach out to you I know you've got a couple of uh, mm-hmm. Instagram tags and yeah. then how can people you know get to your comic book uh, and you know listen to Creeping the Wave and yeah. Mind? Um, we are there's lostbreadcomic.com mm-hmm. and you can go ahead and check that out um, right now we are doing a uh, cancer drive and so we've got some other great artists that are contributing. We have um, Mosaics by Brit actually made some mosaic magnets that have the breast cancer um, little ribbon. Then uh, we have uh, Midnight Epithelium, um, Vanessa Farmer, and she, uh, Vanessa Farmer Cook, I think is what it is now. Mm-hmm. And she uh, makes like amazing art, beautiful watercolors, uh, beautiful fabric designs. She actually made a, a U Mind logo of that I'm putting up above my desk. Oh wow! Yeah, um, and uh, we're gonna have all these artists contributing. Um, if you're an artist, I'd love for you to contribute. Um, you can designate the Breast Cancer Foundation that you want your money to go to when when you make a sale. Mine is going to Shades of Pink, which is a foundation that helps support. San Diego families who are going through breast cancer, um, anyone who's going through breast cancer, they kind of help t- pick up the cost because it, mm-hmm. it is expensive and it's it's increasingly difficult in San Diego. If you're not, you know, a high income, if you're not oh, higher, yeah. then it's it's hard to deal with. <laughs> and uh, so my, my um, if you want to buy any of my artwork, now my artwork's not everyone's cup of tea, that's why I'm inviting other people <laughs> to come in. Uh, then I also have creepingwave.com. And that's where you can kind of find out more about the cast of Creeping Wave, about the musical guests. Um, I'm going to be trying to do updates and blogs as much as possible on that. Uh, I haven't done any yet, but uh, we're coming out hopefully on Halloween. That's the plan. I have four episodes that are already all the um, audio and everything is there. Mm-hmm. We're waiting on the score coming in from some uh, local San Diego artists. We have the Heartbeat Trail. Uh, we have Margot McGrath, who's also one of our voice actors on the show. Yeah. Um, and she plays Margot, the devil's daughter. And uh, then we, we have um, Pink Eye is submitting a song. They're, they're, one of their songs is going to be featured on there. And uh, they're an amazing band. Just if you want to keep being surprised song after song with the different styles, the different instruments, they're the band for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Scat Word is possibly going to be doing a score for us, which is exciting. They're kind of Cab Calloway meets Tom Waits. It's really really good stuff um we're, we're hoping they can if not they maybe come in at a later date yeah. um well 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 another san diego band is contributing soundtrack for that so really excited about that uh really excited about bringing you more info. oh pop pro pop pro i forgot about pop pro is also doing a score for us pop pro is a los angeles artist and uh, he does soundscapes like uh, landscapes of sound is what he does and so it's very fun to work with him I really love his stuff and you can go to creepingwave.com to check out all that then we also have the you mind and that's you like the letter U, the you mind.com and you can go on there and you can check out everything about uh, the you mind we also we have a phone number that you can call it, you won't reach me. It actually goes to one of the circles of hell, the one that bad writers go to. Yeah. And they just sit there and they're basically throwing spaghetti against the wall, reading lines out uh, for, <laughs> for you to listen to. And we, we have yet to be able to interact with these damned authors. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hopefully one day we'll be able to, <laughs> to speak with them and give them some kind of... They don't like criticism. Though. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of websites. I've got Instagram. Um, Oh my goodness, um, lucid underscore nap will get you there. And in my bio, you'll see my uh, Instagram for, I believe on Instagram, I'm creeping underscore wave underscore radio. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also um, you underscore mind underscore pod. And that, uh, those are the two ones for that. 
then uh, you can also go to my Twitter, and on that I am youmind9, and uh, I believe on Twitter I am just creepingwave, uh, or creepingwave radio. Ch check it out if you see a picture of a sexy vampire wearing pasties and three goofy-looking guys in the <laughs> foreground. That's that's me. <laughs> so um, no, I'm not the vampire in the pasties. I'm I'm the goofy-looking guy. But um, yeah, and so um, goodness, what else is there? Um, you know what? If, if you search those, you're going to stumble upon the other stuff. I have a Snapchat, which I think is just lucid underscore nap. Mm -hmm. I'm almost never on it. I really have it just to play with my nieces because the filters are hilarious. Yeah. Like, you, you haven't lived till you've seen a baby with the dog filter on. It's just adorable. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so check those out. Okay. Um, yeah. You want to hear the story of why it's called Lost Bread? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I had a guy actually come up to me um, at Comic Fest a couple years ago and ask me why it was called Lost Bread, uh, if it's about lucid dreaming, and I gave him the reason, and he said, yeah, right, nice try. And I was like, dude, did you, did you write this, my friend? Is this yours? But anyway, um, Lost Bread in French... Um, my name's Napoleon. Did, did, you, did you guess that I had some French distillation in there? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, lost bread in French is uh, le pain perdu, um, which is what they call French toast. The French don't call French toast French toast. <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's because the bread gets lost in all the good sugary fun that you put on top of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, for me, that is my favorite breakfast food, which I can no longer have because of metabolic syndrome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ah, it's painful. Especially because we live by a French bakery and they have like all these ones like custard stuffed French toast mm. with strawberries on top. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and so when I was younger, my dreams were super important to me. That's what like, what uh, this what drove me is yeah. like I, my waking life, blah, 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 just gathering info for dreams. Yeah. Dreams are my real life. And it, it was the hardest thing in the world for me to get out of bed. But on the days when I knew I was going to have French toast or something like that, um, that is when, like, I was like, okay, I'm up. And so the only thing that breaks the sleep cycle is the lost grip. And that's, that's where the title comes from. Nice. It's, it's a weird title. Yeah. <laughs> With bread. There's actually, like, a, a, like, a coffee place called Lost Bread in New York. Or something. Oh, wow. Like, I think it might be a breakfast place. But yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple pictures when I've done, like, hashtag Lost Bread. Yeah. And it'll be, like, a coffee cup. And I'm like, that is not my coffee. <laughs> but, yeah. Have you, have you tried to trademark that yet, or? Um, goodness, um, yeah, I need to get on that. Uh, don't don't let people know because I've got a lot of enemies, and they'll try to trademark oh. it so that I can like have to buy it from them. Yeah, so that would suck. If you're gonna work in this industry, you're gonna make a lot of enemies. Yeah. Or that might just be me. I'm unlikable. <laughs> so. Well, we like you on the creative well, board. Thank you. We like you. So, like I said, it's always been a, a great pleasure of of meeting personalities like you and yourself. And, uh, yeah, like I said, if you hadn't checked out any of her artwork, check out all the things she's got going. Uh, it's, it's great. And she's, like I said, she's very adamant about who she is. You know, it's one of those where I, I hope any creators, you know, if you're in the horror genre, if you're, you know, if you're trying to create a, you know, superhero or whatever, be you. You know, create things that you love. Uh, use those things. Even with Napoleon, she, yeah. she taps into her dreams. Use, use everything that you've got uh, in your reservoir to sort of create and mm -hmm. express and share your gift. So once again, please check her out. Check out all the things she's got going on. And this has been another great episode. Yeah. So for everyone else, be creative, stay inspired. <laughs>